G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. A timely conversation over this next hour. One I think you might want to lean in a little closer to the radio for an important conversation that sets in train what is very, very important. We're going to be talking about the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. Just so happens that all of the planning has gone into this event for tomorrow. And with news of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the flow-on effects around the world, it may be timely that tomorrow is designated the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. Perhaps the threat of World War III is something that might prompt us to call out to God for His mercy and His grace for ourselves and for brothers and sisters around the world. Well, on top of global issues closer to home, we've seen a major deterioration in the moral foundations here in Australia over recent years. One guest yesterday described what's happening in the West as a train wreck. Well, organisers of this year's National Day of Prayer and Fasting have identified a theme and they're asking believers, yes, that includes you, to focus on purity in Christ as well as unity and reformation. One of the key participation features tomorrow will be a national Zoom prayer meeting where even remote Australians can connect any time between 9am and 6pm daylight saving time. The primary goal of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting is to glorify God. We're going to be talking through some of these issues this hour I'll invite you very shortly to join in our conversation. You might have a priority that you see is the most important thing to be keeping in our prayers. Well, our special guests and joining me just now, Wes Leek, a key part of the National Day of Prayer Coordinating Committee. Wes, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's always great to be with you. And just to mention, in about 30 minutes from now, we'll also welcome James Condon. James is the chairman of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting's executive team, a former Salvation Army commissioner, and looking forward to having him join our conversation about 30 minutes from now. But, hey, Wes, is this the 11th year of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting? <laughs> it's amazing to think so, Neil, but yes, it is. It's it's the 11th time we've held it anyway, because the first one was Two of them were six months apart. Uh, yeah, and uh, persistence is one of those things that oh. uh, that you have seen. You know, when you start a, a national day of prayer and fasting, you know, you've got to have all sorts of things that are going to guarantee this is going to happen every year. So honour to you and the, uh, the organising committee yeah. that has made this an annual and mm. very passionate event, the National mm. Day of Prayer and Fasting. It is something we don't want to give up on. Uh, what do you think, Wes? is in the heart of God right now that here we are, and I've just explained a few of the circumstances going on around the world. God is our compassionate Father. Here we are, ready to have time in prayer before him. What do you think's on his heart uh, as the National Day of Prayer and Fasting is on tomorrow? 
This scripture has been bugging me all week, which is Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, tell your request, tell your request to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. You know, Neil, there's so many circumstances going on at the moment. And your introduction only just like a minuscule amount about what's going on. And I I, I think he's calling us to not be anxious, but to say, hey, all this is going on, God. We just want to come to you with thanksgiving. Like maybe we need to start to be thankful for the situations we're facing at the moment and to see the peace of God come and rule around and make our – prayers and petitions to God. Where some people will say, well, you know, I have all these good intentions to spend time with God. I want to have a quiet time each day. I've got a prayer closet. And then I get there and I go, I'm not really sure what I should be praying for. But as you you actually just make that easy for us, start with thanking God. You know, that's that's the best place to start. And and I think, uh, you know, Paul was very big on Thanksgiving in everything gives thanks. And one of my favorite verses, which I kind of paraphrase, Psalm fifty twenty three: he who gives thanks honors God and prepares the way for salvation to come. Neil, we need salvation. <laughs> like we need salvation in terms of answers for what to do in the situations we're facing now. And thankfulness is actually a great place to start in doing that. If you are thankful to God, even though you might have some tough circumstances, uh, you can't really not be humble and thank God. So even if you wonder about how humble you might be feeling right now and whether you're actually full of all sorts of pride and arrogance and all sorts of things like that, if you start by thanking God, you can't thank God unless you actually do humble your own heart. So there's some very special things about humility and prayer, aren't there? Uh, Luke 18, where the parable of the persistent widow actually starts off with that. You know, it's kind of like Jesus, it's time to lay things down and say, you know, not to give up. Don't get faint of heart. But hey, God, we're here at your feet. (laughs) Hey, when my introduction, uh, when I was talking about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, you know, if that hadn't happened overnight, we might have had a bigger focus on just the things that are gone to custard uh, yes. in a moral sense here yes. in Australia. But yes. for a lot of people now, that's going to uh, capture the headlines and is going to be very strong in the minds of listeners And it's no doubt a good thing to have an international perspective as well as a national perspective, as well as a community perspective, Mm. and even down to our local, uh, Mm. our families and our local community. Mm. These things mean that there are so many things that demand our prayers. Look, and there's so many things that can get us down. So I think prayer is the answer to that too, is saying, okay, let's take a step back here. Jesus is interceding on the throne right now for you and me and for the nation of this world. I want to know what he's interceding for about, and I want to join him in doing that. So we can get all, like, I'm not downplaying what's happening around the world at all. Like, this is big stuff that's going on. But we do need to come and see things from God's perspective of this, and we can let that overwhelm us. But God is not about seeing us overwhelmed. God is about us, hey, just come back to my perspective on things. Come to me, get my perspective from it, and then pray that into being. Wow. You know, even as I'm hearing you say that, 
I'm remembering a conversation I had just recently with a wonderful philosopher, Charles Ringmer. Oh, yes. I don't know if you know Charles, yes. but, uh, but Charles wrote a book, released it last year, all about a hermitage of the heart. And in that sort of separation and time of prayer and grappling with the things of God, uh, I recall reading in his book, and I'm just, this has just come to mind now, as even as you're saying that, because how do we know what to pray? Well, Charles had something very important to say. And uh, for people to come from evangelical or Pentecostal churches, this sounds a little bit mainline, but, but Charles said sometimes the way we pray for the issues that are going on around us is by saying just a few words that we'll often hear in more mainline churches, not so much in evangelical and Pentecostal churches, but Lord have mercy, yeah. Christ have mercy. Yes. Now, you'll hear those words mm. oftentimes mm. in more liturgical services. Mm. And sometimes some people listening might be going, oh, yeah, that rattles off my, yeah, yeah. you know, they won't <laughs> hear that at church. Really. But yes. you know what? Uh, when we talk about how do I pray, and the, the issues are so big, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, acknowledges mm. that God is the one who is on mm. the throne mm. and that while I might not understand and things mm. might be out of control, I mm. might be feeling anxious, I know that he's got it covered. Yes. Neil, God is still in control. He hasn't stepped off the throne throughout any of this. He is still <laughs> yeah. there. And and sometimes – can I tell you a story I – um. Uh, was chatting with one of my friends in the US, Bob Bodine, on Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, I talk often about the two chairs time. And he was talking about a major business leader. If I said his name, you all would know. Sat down, two chairs, one for him, one for God. And God said to the guy, you're in my chair. Mm. And that, like, I've been on that. Like, how many times do we actually get into God's chair, God's place, and want to fix things the way we want to see things fixed instead of sitting maybe next to him and saying, okay, God, what do you actually want to do in this situation? Because there's one, like, you know, <laughs> you know, I would fix the way. <laughs> you know, That's we can, right. We can tell what's, our prime minister. What's the Wesley <laughs> yeah. way of fixing things? Yes, exactly. I know. We, we've all got that sort of sense about us. So I, I think this is one of the key things, and I think that's one of the things too about the whole thing of purity is that is humbling ourselves. And often when we think about um, purity, we think, you know, maybe uh, holiness and and sexual sin and, and all this kind of stuff. But what if it's our thoughts, our actions, our way we're talking to people, you know, that God just sometimes wants to put his finger on and say, hey, enough's enough. I actually don't want you doing that anymore. It's time to stop. But we need to calm ourselves down enough to hear God actually speak about that. So with all of these big things happening, and, you know, there might be listeners who call in and identify some of the things that are happening around the world or uh, the big issues that are going on right now, an anti-Christian agenda even, uh, criminalising Christianity in some places around Australia. I mean, how big are the things that we've got to pray for? Uh, but people might be calling in and identifying with this call to a purity of heart. Mm -hmm. And some other things that are a part of your theme too, I noted, uh, unity yes. and reformation, which yes. we sometimes think of as being part of what just happens in church life reform. But, of course, that spills over into nations 
and how nations and their governance happens as well. So, uh, yeah, this is big stuff, and we can't expect always to be able to have all of these things crystal clear in our own minds, but a humility that sets God in his place is a great place to start. Mm, Exactly, Neil. And look... Who knows what God's going to do tomorrow? <laughs> you know, know. We've had a number of Zoom prayer meetings in the lead up to this day, and, and what I've been hearing people say is all those kind of things, that they see that in a heart. Um, they see God's heart for that. They see God's hearts for church leaders. They see God's hearts for young people at the moment, but they also see the need for, hey, am I right with God too? The Zoom prayer meeting tomorrow Anyone can join that? Absolutely. Uh, I guess yeah. you do you have to register or anything? Yes. If, if free? It, it is free. Yes. If you go to nationaldayofprayer.org.au, you'll see the the, um, the link to register there, and then you'll be sent out the Zoom link to be able to join in. My prediction is this is going to be the biggest National Day of Prayer oh. and Fasting ever because if anyone is a thinking Christian today, you'll recognize that being on your knees and being in some level of unity and uh, you know consolidated prayer effort with Australian Christians all around the nation, it's going to be an important thing to participate in. Absolutely. I, th- I think I think <laughs> I think Christians are seeing the need more and more to pray and to come together and pray and come together in unity and pray. And it's, it's not about what denomination you're from or what church you attend. It's we are all believers together in Christ and it's time to come together. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Our talk back line open, 1-800-316-316. What do you think the priorities are for prayer on the National Day of Prayer and Fasting tomorrow? One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Our guest is Wes Leek. He's part of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting Coordinating Committee. Wes, I think before we go any further, let's uh, let's take a call. Anne is on the line from Labrador in Queensland. Hi, Anne. Welcome. Hello. Nice to meet you again, and nice to listen to your twenty twenty. Um, at the moment, our church is doing a twenty one day prayer and fasting. So we're halfway through doing that. So that's really interesting. But what I think for the world is that we need salvation and we need people to come Mm -hmm. to know the Lord. And even through the crisis, we can see that that is also something that people might begin to turn to the Lord, you know, and to come in to know the Lord. And sometimes they have to go through a situation like that to focus on on what's important and what's not important in their lives. And wonderful contribution. Where's your thoughts, Frank? Uh, exactly. Like, this is one of the things I know we've seen huge church decline over my lifetime, and I know a key part is that we need to see people come back to God right across the board. So thank you, Anne. That's a key part, I know, of what we're praying tomorrow. And thank you for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Just to pick up on here, Anne says her church is in the middle of 21 days yeah. of prayer and fasting. Sometimes people will identify that as like a Daniel fast. Yes. Because Daniel fasted and uh, didn't yeah. eat uh, meat and just ate fruit and vegetables for 21 days. Mm. So a lot of churches do that, and uh, you know they uh, they put that together, and however that will fit for people. But there's different ways that people can pray, 
and fast, and some know better than others. Some people use it as a pride thing that I'm fasting better than you. Uh, (laughs) Any thoughts here on how you might uh, turn over a new leaf, do something a little different in prayer and fasting? We One... Neil, I think we need to acknowledge that there has been quite a rise, like compared to when we started the National Day of Prayer to now, there's a huge emphasis on prayer and fasting in the church that we didn't have before. So it's it's really exciting to see. You know, Neil, one of the things I think is to actually go to God and say, okay, God, what is it you're calling me to fast from? So some people, it is like a total fast, maybe apart from water or juice. For others, it may be a fast of TV or social media or was it Wordle? <laughs> okay, yes. okay, let's go. Yep. You, you know, in doing that, the, the act of giving up something in order to focus on God, I think, is, is the key point there. While the biblical way of fasting usually includes food, food. Uh, yeah. it's not a wrong thing to actually identify some other things because I imagine when you do deny yourself food and you put some time into prayer, What's important here is the issue of sacrifice. Yeah. What is it that I'm sacrificing before God mm. that uh, I might win his ear in that sense? Yes. Well, and it, and it's not about twisting his ear or anything. Like that. It, it's, it's making a statement to God. Okay, God, I'm serious about this. You know, we all love our food. <laughs> you know, uh, we all love our three meals a day or five meals a day, whatever people do. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, just giving that up. But there is there is something specific about when you give up food um, and focus on God that, that there is something. I want to use the term magical, but it's not, you know, it, it, there is something spiritual that happens. Yes, that. yes. Powerful thought. Let's take another call. Carmen is in Melbourne. Hi, Carmen. Welcome along. Hi. Good morning. Thank you all for the great work. Um, I feel... In my heart, I've been all week uh, disciplined for myself also. Uh, what the Lord been, been giving me all week. The world has seen a great light. God has visited his people. Now, he's in control. And that's a sign. Carmen, good thought there. The world has seen a great light. I'm just trying to pick up, uh, is that a gospel uh, reference uh, to the incarnation? Um, just to look at uh, Wes here for <laughs> yes. your thoughts. On, I mean, you know, let's not get caught up on that, but yes, but Carmen's thoughts here? Jesus is the light of the world. He has come. You know, he is here, uh, and he is in control, like Carmen was saying there. And uh, just comes to mind, you know, he... Uh, Jesus talked about not letting your light be hidden during this time. And I think that's part of it is is that this is a time for us not to be hidden, but to stand up and let our light shine to others. Carmen, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Interestingly, when I reflect on the scriptures, uh, Jesus, the light of the world. But Jesus said to his disciples, you are the light of the world, and I connect mm. that with uh, mm. you know Jesus breathing on the disciples and you know receive mm. the Holy mm. Spirit. Uh, mm. There is a sense in which the light of the world is seen in you and I, Wes, uh, in those listening into our conversation today. We are the light of the world, and if people are going to see this light, they're going to see this light 
in us and they're going to hear about this light by the things that we might say. So these things, they might start in a prayer closet in a time of gaining confidence before God. Mm. Uh, Thoughts here about we are light? (laughs) You and I may be the only Bible that people are ever going to read. You know, and it is our actions, the way we handle ourselves, the way we communicate, the way we love, um, you know, others, I think is very key. But all that actually comes from our, that secret place, that time with God, the time in his word and that time of prayer. Let me reflect with you back to some previous National Day of Prayer and Fasting events. And uh, there are going to be. Uh, tomorrow, uh, some indigenous Christian leaders who are going to be participating, taking up some of the lead in the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. This worked particularly successfully uh, with Pastor Peter Walker at the National Solemn Assembly yes. that was in September 2020. Yes. Uh, any thoughts here around the value of a prayer and fasting day? Because this in itself is wonderful recon- reconciliation, isn't it? Look, and I think that's been one of the great things about the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. They're right from the start. We've had our First Nations people involved in it. Pastor Peter Walker, Pastor Tim Edwards, uh, Gloria Watkins from over uh, in WA, even Pastor Waters, uh, Pastor Walker's daughter, Peter uh, Walker, will be on the call tomorrow. So, there, you know, our, our Indigenous uh, leaders are leading the way. Uh, in a lot of this, which is very, very good to see. And Zoom has become so popular. Uh, I, uh, I don't know whether it's famous or infamous. Some people yes. just, uh, you know, they're over Zoom. Yes. Uh, don't be over it for tomorrow's uh, Zoom meeting. But yeah. what Zoom has done is opened up the opportunity. COVID has forced oh. us online and using Zoom. And now when you have a National Day of Prayer and Fasting and a Zoom prayer call, all of a sudden you open that up to everyone, everywhere to participate, whereas without this focus on Zoom, we would not have had this opportunity. Actually, Neil, it takes me back to the Roman roads. You know, the the, 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 the gospel message spread because of the Roman roads. And and I, th- I can't help but think, and I may get yelled at for saying this, but sometimes I wonder, God, you've bought... You know, COVID in at this time, what the, the the different communication networks that are in place. If we hadn't have had the internet, if we hadn't have had Zoom, if we hadn't had Teams and all those kind of things, where would we be? But I think too, because people know and are comfortable with it, it means they you know they know how to join on. And we've been getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on the on prayer meetings. Um, you know, every week, which is just so exciting to see. Wonderful to know, and you might have to think deeply about what God might be doing in the situations around the world, even over the past two years, COVID, and the way that the communications networks have opened up. Uh, Some people think that the rise in technology actually diminishes the church. No, the rise in technology has created, as you say, like Roman Rhodes, the opportunity to be able to have the gospel Mm. go far and wide. While there is the Zoom prayer meeting that's happening tomorrow, uh, are you aware that there are a lot of churches around the nation who are having their own events in their own backyard, in their own churches, National Day Prayer and Fasting? Yeah, I I was actually trying to find out what our total number is. I I know last year we had about 80, and I think we're about the same. I know we've got an extra six uh, face-to-face meetings in Queensland this year that we didn't have last year. So, yes, if you go to nationaldayofprayer.org.au and go to the events page, 
uh, then you'll be able to log on and pull off a whole list of face-to-face places where people can go uh, and join together in prayer. Uh, We mentioned there are Indigenous leaders who will be participating in the Zoom prayer. Uh, You've got other key national leaders also who are participating? Uh, yeah, there's certain senators that are coming on tomorrow, oh, well, and I don't okay. know whether I, I'm at liberty to release their names at this stage because I only just saw the list this morning. Okay. So uh, so I do know that there are a number of national church leaders joining us and some political leaders joining us as well tomorrow. Let's come back to this theme just for a few minutes. Purity in Christ. And we might be able to identify all sorts of things that are impure, Uh, in the nation, uh, impure within the church. Uh, Yes, rocky history and all sorts of things that were wrong. Uh, When we talk about reformation, uh, those sorts of things are able to be made right again. So purity in Christ, three very, very simple words, but huge, deep, profound meaning for what we might be thinking we might be aiming for tomorrow. Yes, Actually, you know, funny, it's Neil, like you and I grew up in the Pentecostal church and there was all sorts of things that were classed as purity. You know, Mm. you weren't allowed to wear makeup, you couldn't go to the movies, you couldn't go to the dancing, all those kind of outward things. I I do wonder whether God is doing a circumcision of the heart at this time, that he's he's actually looking at our heart attitudes, the way we look at things. And you just got to read the Gospels. I mean, Jesus just turned things on his head. You know, we, we tend to look at this outside outside doings, but I suspect that God is wanting to bring renewal and uh, that old song, Purify My Heart, I think is so key. Um, what's on God's heart? Psalm 51, verse 10, and this was King David. Yeah. Create in me a pure, pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Mm. So if you are in that prayer time, if you are mm. in a prayer and fasting environment, even if it's just for the day tomorrow or part of the day, and as you said, uh, sacrifice is the issue here, but uh, we might pray for our own purity of heart. There might be some things God might reveal in us mm. uh, that might need to change. Uh, but, but yes, just opening your heart to God, an, an important element. Neil, I've had the privilege of leading a number of sessions over the last couple of years where we've just had a group of people together and saying, okay, God, we're here. Is there anything you want to reveal in us? Like David cried out. And I have been amazed at what God has shown people. And some things, like it's just, it's time to see some things from God's perspective in this area and not from man's perspective because we can very easily point the finger at some outside things that they may be doing. But I suspect it's God is wanting to go a lot deeper in us at this time. And also joining us now is James Condon. James is the chairman of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting's executive team and is a former Salvation Army commissioner. So... Let me say a special welcome along to 2020 to you, James Condon. Yeah, thanks, Neil. Great to be sharing with you and Wes this morning and all the listeners. I know you haven't been able to hear what we've spoken about already, James, but I'm wondering whether you might be able to reflect, uh, even with the things we're seeing in the headlines and with so many of the events that are unfolding that don't look anything like our Christian heritage and foundation, what that might do to the heart of a believer as you think about where you might be 
in relation to the overall God on the throne context. Any thoughts here from you, James? I think for some individual Christians, what's happening in the world and in Australia at this time can have its own discouragement. I, I'm, I know that firsthand from talking to people that I minister to. Um, and so I think it's an important time for us to join together in prayer, in fellowship, in worship, for the encouragement and building up of each other. And I think, too, we all need timely reminders of what the Scripture says about what is happening in the world today. Yeah, and the promises of God. The promises of God are there for times such as these. I wonder if we were reflecting on how discouragement affects the heart of believers because if we feel times are tough, if we see the headlines, they look negative. If we're experiencing things like cancel culture and all sorts of things like that here in our own communities, it's easy to be discouraged. And one of the things, no doubt, we tend to do when we're discouraged is withdraw uh, but if we remain encouraged, we may be remaining at the coalface, uh, at our post, uh, doing those things God has called us to do. Any thoughts here about how listeners might be thinking about their own discouragement? Yes, I, I certainly um, go for... Content, uh, well, let me make a comment first of all. I think sometimes when people get discouraged, they tend to stop going to church, stop connecting with others. Now more than ever, our connection with fellow believers for our encouragement in fellowship and worship and yeah, standing on the Word of God is absolutely critical uh, for us all. And um, we need to be on, um, on the outlook, looking out for those who are stumbling at a time such as this lift them up, encourage them on. Encouragement is such a very important ministry uh, for us as believers to encourage one another um, in the Lord and in our journey, in our growth, uh, in every way that we can. I've been inviting listeners to join in our conversation and telling us what they see are the priorities that Christians need to keep to the fore on a national day of prayer and fasting and on a day like today uh, how we might think about what is important when you think of what's important James what comes to mind in terms of our praying Neil or yeah, in terms today, of but... in terms of our praying but in terms of all of the issues that are going on around oh, the world okay. uh, and you know I mentioned some of those in the introduction the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. We could go through. Yeah. Let me just list a few of the things that listeners might have on their hearts because there's so many things in the list. Uh, issues around whether people are equal in Australia, the vaxxed and unvaxxed issue. Uh, issues around reconciliation, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians and non-Indigenous Australians. The whole woke agenda, uh, cultural Marxism, Black Lives Matter, white privileged, uh, gender identity and sexuality. I mean, all of these sorts sorts of things might become part of a prayer focus that we have, but what would be the important thing for you, James, to focus on in a time of prayer? Thanks, Neil. One word, Jesus, right? And I don't say that lightly. 
Um, I think one of the challenges of all these issues you've just outlined is we get caught up in them and they consume us and take us off the main thing. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, Hebrews records, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Um, So important. And look, I I mix and meet with people locally here who are very caught up. And and these issues, you can get very tangled up in them and it takes you away from the main thing. So no matter what's happening, uh, to use the words of one of my favourite worship songs, Jesus at the centre of it all, from beginning to the end, it's all about you, Jesus. So yes, I'm not saying we shouldn't um, stand up and be a voice for justice, etc. in these days. Not not saying that at all. But don't let that consume us to our detriment in terms of our own walk, walk with God. Any any of these issues. When I, when I um, um, heard about the invasion of Ukraine by Russia yesterday, I just paused and tears came to my eyes. That's how it had affected me initially. Now, I haven't been to Ukraine, but I've been to Moldova, Romania. Uh, The Salvation Army is there, and I've been teaching and preaching there not all that many years ago, um, four years ago. And um, and there were some of our people from Ukraine who were in the conference I was speaking to, and I've met them. So to me yesterday, the news was, yeah, touching, touched my heart, right? But what can I do? What can I do to make a difference? Pray, pray, encourage. The leaders of the Salvation Army in those countries uh, happen to be Australians and friends of mine. And I've been communicating with them as late as this morning, just trying to encourage them in their leadership as they lead their people in this very difficult time. James, Jesus at the centre of it all. For some, too simplistic. But as you're describing it, it's profoundly powerful because when we are consumed by distraction, we're never going to have the compassion of Jesus without the focus on Jesus. So keeping a heart guarded, keeping Jesus at the centre of it all, what are your thoughts for listeners who might be thinking, I'm easily distracted, Uh, what could I do to get that guard and to get that that process of having a right focus in my prayer time. Okay, so my response to that is to centre on the Word of God and prayer. And that works for me. Now, and the other thing I learned many, many years ago, and sorry, I can't think of the reference, but many listeners will identify with the words where it, in the Scriptures where it says, Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So sometimes these issues that you've listed and have been talked about today occupy our mind, very much our thoughts. They consume our thoughts. And so because of that, we find it difficult to focus on Jesus and his word. So when I come to pray of a morning, um, the first thing I do is surrender my life to God afresh of a morning, focus on his word, and then focus on him and prayer. And the best thing I can do 
is to pray regarding any and all of these situations, all of these issues you've highlighted. But as I said too, where I need to stand up and be counted, I need to do that as well. I don't know whether Wes has shared this with you this morning, but um, the other Wednesday night on the prayer call, um, he focused on the verse, be anxious about nothing. And he said to people, hundreds of people on a Zoom call, put in chat or just stop and pause and reflect on what are you anxious about? And Wes, I remember you saying that you were surprised what people were anxious about. Now, the scripture says be anxious about nothing. Now, we're all human and there's none of us, none of us, unless this is somebody out there perfect. I don't know anybody that sometimes is not anxious about something. But the scripture also says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So during my prayer time, I endeavor to leave it with the Lord. Yes, these things come into my mind. I take every thought captive and I seek to leave them with the Lord. So when I rise up from what I call my prayer chair in the morning, I've left them with God. Now, reality is they'll come back at me during the day, some of them, but I I capture them, surrender them again. Yeah, I hope that helps. Well, uh, let me say, first thing that came out of uh, Wes's mouth at the start of our interview uh, today is that scripture about being anxious about nothing. Wes, let me come to you for a few moments. Some listeners will be thinking, I need to be a part of this prayer call, uh, not because I'm just being a supporter, but because I really need to be a part of this prayer call because Mm. some of these issues we're talking about, people are looking for adjustment and uh, they're looking to get some things right and they're looking to recognize the power of unity in Mm. prayer with other believers because we're all Mm. influenced by this unity and how others are praying. I didn't think to pray for that, Mm. uh, but I can join in that prayer. Ultimately, glorifying God is going to be the focus, but people will be able to get together tomorrow with other believers. Maybe they're different denominations. Maybe they don't pray the same way Mm. that you do in your church. Mm. This is what's so valuable about unity here, isn't it? You know, Neil, I can tell you story after story of people who've come together at the National Day of Prayer and they've now become lifelong prayer companions. You know, one of the overall things I'd say is that we actually hear the voice of God in community. So when when we come together, and I know this has been a valuable, very valuable part of perhaps a byproduct of the National Day of Prayer is that when intercessors come together in the room or praying people come together, they hear how others are praying. They actually get encouraged to say, well, actually, that that's the way I've been praying. So they're very encouraged by that. But then they also hear and they learn from others as well. So it's a very, very key part of the day. James, I know that you have a wonderful way of leading prayer. In just a few moments, I wonder if you can just prepare yourself because I'd love to be able to ask you to lead listeners in prayer because tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer and Fasting because there are so many huge issues that are impacting on the whole world, not just us here in Australia, but we'll get the flow on of those. People will be anxious. People will be discouraged. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you if you will lead us in prayer but come back to Wes for a moment Wes our personal prayer for our friends for our family because we might see ourselves in some of the conversation we've heard this morning but we've got our our spouse our children our 
parents, our uncles, our aunties, the people who are in our community around us. We want them to find Jesus. Is this something, too, that becomes a part of the way that we pray? Because it's not just about us. It's about how people who are in our sphere of influence are being introduced to this light of the world. You know, Neil, there's a prayer that I pray for me, and I pray for others. God, what's on your heart for me? And and often, even when I've been, because I have numerous meetings every day, and I've been learning to, God, before I go into this meeting, God, what's on your heart for this person this morning? And then just to take time to listen to him, because he knows them intimately. You know, we can get worried. Like, you know, I've got four kids. They're doing all sorts of things. And I say, God, what's on your heart for them? And how can... Is there something that you want me to say to them? Is there something you want me to do for them? Or is it time to keep my mouth shut? Because, you know, sometimes keeping your mouth shut is actually more appropriate in these situations as well. So that's how God's been leading me at the moment in that regard. So many will feel uh, powerless, James. Uh, In fact, it's probably not a good place to be coming before God and feeling powerful. Uh, we humble ourselves before him. But James, I wonder whether we'll take this opportunity now, if you could lead us in a prayer. And I know listeners, wherever it's safe, if it's safe to close your eyes and just be in that zone, in the presence of the Lord, do that. If it's not safe to close your eyes, don't close your eyes, but uh, be a part of this prayer as we talk about uh, those things that we've been discussing this hour And uh, James Condon, uh, lead us, please, uh, in prayer for this nation and for the things that are on your heart for tomorrow's National Day of Prayer and Fasting. Thanks. Thanks for the privilege. i just share a verse of scripture uh, from Romans 8.26, and I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Father, we come to you today in the strong name of Jesus, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit in our lives who helps us in our weakness. And yes, Lord, we confess we don't know what you want us to pray for, But we take a moment to be still before you and to listen to your voice today. Quiet now, hearts, to receive from you. And Lord, there is so much happening around us, in us, maybe in our home, at our workplace, in our local community, in our wider family. So much happening. May it not discourage us, I pray. I pray for any who may be discouraged today. Lord, lift them up. Encourage them. Send someone to bring them a word of encouragement, I pray. I pray today, Lord God, for the people of Ukraine. With war having broken out and so many scenes have been on the television, online, etc., which grieve us. But how much do they grieve your heart, O oh God? Come to your people with comfort, 
and strength and protection. Pray for world leaders for the present of Ukraine and all world leaders at the moment. Your word tells us to intercede for all those in authority. And we pause to do that today. We pray for our own Prime Minister Morrison. We thank you for him, praying for wisdom and awareness of you in the huge decisions that need to be made for our own country. We pray about a lot of the other things that we've spoken about this morning, the challenges for us in our own nation at this time as darkness seems to increase. But we know that our prayers are effective well, your word promises that in James 5. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But we say to you this morning, all our righteousness is Jesus, his blood, his sacrifice. We pray your blessing upon the National Day of Prayer and Fasting tomorrow. If ever there was a time we needed to pray, dear Lord, we believe it is now. So may you bless this day as the prayers and cries and tears and groans of your people reach heaven, reach heaven. I pray for all the listeners today, wherever they are, wherever they are on their journey with you, Holy Spirit, empower them, lift them up to stand strong in you and to be a voice a voice for the voiceless in these days. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, humbly moved uh, by a very, very powerful prayer. And I know you too, Wes. There's something of our experience of the power of God uh, that comes in simply humbling ourselves and coming into his presence. And uh, I know that for some listeners who are thinking that prayer sounds like a chore, uh, perhaps they're approaching that in a wrong way and there needs to be a certain level of, uh, you know, abandonment, uh, surrender and uh, an opening of the heart just to the presence of God. Because when you do have the anxiety we were talking about a little earlier, uh, that's where the anxiety can be relieved, knowing that God has it. Uh, he's on the throne. It's not all about me. He's the one who's looking after me and my family and my community and my church and my work. He's the one who's looking after it all. A thought here, Wes, as we tie some loose ends together, coming back to that, don't be anxious about anything, uh, the encouragement for listeners to participate in this National Day of Prayer and Fasting. You know, Neil, God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. Sometimes we need to just actually sit and become aware of the presence of God. And, you know, the other thing that I'd encourage people is don't be afraid to start to ask God some questions. You're not sure about things? Start to have a conversation with him. He, he's like, you and I have got to know each other very well over the years yeah, yeah. because we sit and ask each other questions. That's right. Why don't you sit and ask God some questions? And, or even actually ask God, God, what questions should I ask you? Because sometimes we have questions that we haven't got an answer from God about. I just want to encourage people. He's not some big ogre in the sky ready to smack you. Even just ask him, God, how do you see me? And I dare say he might actually want to give you an embrace today or tomorrow mm. and then move forward with him in that. Mm. 
Time is running out. Tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. There are some themes, purity in Christ, unity and reformation. And one of the key features, that national Zoom prayer meeting that's on tomorrow between 9 and 6, Daylight Saving Time, wherever you are listening around Australia, my encouragement to you, if you have got some time, something's moved you in the conversation you've heard this morning, yes, be a part of that national Zoom prayer meeting. It is on tomorrow. You can connect with that through the website nationaldayofprayer.org.au nationaldayofprayer.org.au Our two guests uh, over this hour, Wes Leek, who's a part of that National Day of Prayer Coordinating Committee, and also James Condon, the chairman of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting's executive team, a former Salvation Army commissioner. What wonderful uh, men of God you are, and I know you'll be humble in that and you'll recognize your own faults and your own shortcomings, Amen. but let me yes. do the honoring and say uh, thank you for men of God like you uh, who are at the forefront here of encouraging listeners who are listening to our conversation today to enter into a deeper aspect of their faith, to become people of prayer to have that anxiety relieved and to bring the presence of God uh, from the kingdoms of heaven into the present circumstances that we face today. Uh, Wes, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Neil. It's so great. Can I just say something quickly? I've just had some text messages come through. People are finding it hard on the National Day of Prayer and Fasting to find the locations. I think I said it was under events. It's actually under locations. And if you hit on the headings the, and click on the headings, they'll actually take you through to the list of locations. Okay. Yes. Look for locations on the nationaldayofprayer.org.au website. And James Condon, thank you so much for uh, interrupting your day and some meetings. Thanks for being part of this uh, no, conversation fine, Neil. today. Thank you. Thank we'll you. talk another Thanks, day. Thanks, Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.